What's up, everybody? Welcome to World on Drugs Podcast. It's your boy, Steve Fury. I am the host. If you don't know the show, get to know it. We do a deep dive into some crazy drug dealers and warlords all across the world, and maybe even some criminals. This was an interesting episode, guys. Uh, our guest is uh, Saul Trujillo. If you don't know him, then you don't know me, bro, because we fucks with each other. Um, Saul is from my other show, Punching Up, where we watch... People do crazy street fights, kick the shit out of each other. And Saul has been one of my good friends for about 10 years now. I met Saul. Our relationship started in uh, the Northern California Valley comedy scene. Uh, I met him at Open Mics in Sacramento. And then then we went on this really weird tour through Montana. He I a guy named Cowboy something and some other cowboy comic. And those guys don't really do comedy anymore. Me and Saul do. And our friendship has grown from there, about 10 years strong. He's one of the best guys I know. He helps me out all the time. Um, when he first moved to L.A., I let him crash in my room because I'm gone so much on the on the road. And now that I'm on the road so much and he has a place with his wonderful wife, um, he helps watch my cat, Hallie. So it's a good relationship. He's a great guy. This episode is a little bit different, a little different format. We had a different researcher this week named Brittany Roy. Um... You guys can tell me how you like it. I, I, I'm kind of up in the air, um, but still a pretty good episode. This one, we go into Charmaine Roman. If you don't know who she is, hopefully you don't, because that's a whole podcast theme. Um, she was an illegal Jamaican immigrant who came to America, who went to Orlando, hooked up with a, <laughs> an organization called the JDO, the Jamaican Drug Organization, Great name, bro. And she started started and she became the biggest marijuana distributor distributor in the history of Florida. While the whole time living a double life with her family and no one knew. So pretty cool, honestly. But just the writing's a little bit different, a little more conversational, not so banging out with the facts, which uh kinda what I like. But, you know, for a little taste, a little ginger on the sushi of this podcast, it might uh, clear up your taste buds. What have I been up to? You know, life's getting good, man. Shit's opening back up. Comedy store's back open. Um, this week, I went home to Sacramento to go do some shows with my boy Brian Simpson at the Sacramento Punchline. Um, Brian's a really great comic. He's, you've seen him on this show. Um, we're pretty good buddies, but, you know, when you go on the road with someone, it... Uh, become better friends and I think he and I became better friends we went from like colleagues to actual friends we had a great time um tickets so the thing is they're still doing kind of like 30% up here so the shows are really good as good as they can possibly be but imagine being 30% of 180 people all spread out so we still smash because we are two of the best comics working in the world today and you will learn that folks what else did I do? Oh, this is something you gotta check out. Last night I went to my cousin Brock McDonald and one of his partners. He's starting a new endeavor in Sacramento called Cardinal Burger. If you're from Sacramento, you might know him as the guy who helped create Lowbrow or Beast and Bounty or a bunch of other restaurants. And now he's going on and he's doing his own um, burgers. And it was pretty gnarly last night. I went and did a burger omakase, which is a uh, so he's partying up with his buddy. I forgot his buddy's name, but his buddy is a great sushi chef. 
And so omakase is when you go to sit down at a sushi restaurant and you don't order anything. They just give you everything. So they're combining that with burgers. And so I ate, I made three fucking big ass burgers. <laughs> so they might need to get a little bit smaller, but they were incredible, man. And he's going to be doing pop-ups. And if you're in Sacramento, he's going to be doing it at the Elixir Bar, which is an old, when he used to do a bunch of cocaine, you would hang out there and do cocaine all night and um, he's been sober for about 10 plus years now, but he's bringing it back to the place that he, you know, it's kind of cool, you know, he used to have a drug problem there and now he's going back to start his new whole life. So I'm pretty proud of him for that. Um, burger was fire last night. Other than that, man. Oh, this week, what do I got? Well, I'm going to be in Tempe, Arizona with my boy Jesus Trejo, which is pretty fucking cool. Uh, you guys know how big a fan I am of him. I don't know if I talked to you guys about Vegas last week. I think I did. Uh, I was in Vegas all last week. Got to see my name in lights on the Vegas Strip. I was featuring for my boy Jesus. Um, that was a blast. You know, Jesus is, uh, well, I can tell more about him next week. I'm going to get him on next week. We got this crazy, crazy podcast next week. It's all about the Monkigi, I think they try. It's a it's a cult tribe borderline terrorist organization in Kenya that do human sacrificing and just, you know, hack people up with fucking machetes. They're not fucking around. And that one was one done by Robin again, that little badass dude. Not little, that military badass dude. So that one's pretty good. I already looked at that one and I'm gonna get my boy Jesus on that one. So next week you'll know if you know you should know who Jesus Trejo is if you know me at all and have been a fan of my work. If you don't, Jesus Trejo, uh he is on Iglesias on Netflix. He has a showtime special called Stay at Home Son. He has done the Tonight Show two or three times. He did James Corden. He'd been on Comedy Central two or three times. He's a guy I really look up to. Really excited for him to be on the podcast. He hasn't said yes yet, but he's also the kind of guy that can't really say no. I could probably ask him anything and he'd probably say yes. Other than that, man, oh, I got my JFL audition on Wednesday. So two days from now. This will be my fourth time auditioning for JFL, Just for Laughs. If you don't know what that is, there is a documentary on Amazon Prime. It's free. Essentially, it is, um, if you like comedy, every one of your favorite comedians, there's a 90% chance they have gotten this. Every year they select uh, about 20 new faces, best new comedy comedians in America. And when you do this thing, all the, all the most important people, movers and shakers in Hollywood see ya. And that's normally when your career helps get taken off and... Uh, Lord knows I could help a little takeoff. No, but um, I've auditioned four years in a row. I've got back to the second round every year in a row. This year, because of COVID, we're just going straight to the second year in a row. Apparently, they wanted me. So, fingers crossed, man. That's on Wednesday. i got to choose a six minutes. I'm probably... That's the one I don't know if I'm going to do yet. I was thinking of... Um, I was thinking of doing this new joke where I, I, I'm going to open with this one. I'm about doing cocaine with Michelle Obama. I didn't actually do it, but that's the punchline. And then I'm thinking about doing that story. I don't know if I have enough time for both. <sighs> Honestly, they both are working so well, I didn't uh, time them out in my set. So I got one set at the comedy store tomorrow, hopefully. And I'll be able to time it out from there. But otherwise, man, I'm just going to kind of wing it. Maybe say it in my shower a couple times. Got to get six minutes. I think I can probably go seven, maybe seven and a half. But if I can keep it to then, I think I'm going to be good. So big week for me. 
Um, I'll check in with you guys next week, tell you how I did at the JFL audition. Um, if I say I did good or I seem happy, then I probably did good. If you don't hear from me, I probably shot myself in the head and someone's cleaning up my brains against the wall. Other than that, guys, you know what? Great podcast. Great guest, Saul. Great stuff happening. The world's coming out. You go out. Go get drunk with some friends. Hug somebody. Open mouth kiss a stranger. Not yet, if you're both vaccinated. And I'll see you guys next week. Much love. Enjoy the podcast with Saul Trujillo. Bye. All right, Saul, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Wow, you've never been in here, right? No. No, never. <laughs> never took my care of my cat or recorded. None of that stuff. Feels like 50 maybe of those episodes now. <laughs> so today, buddy, we got Charmaine Suzette Roman. Um, she was about she's about 50 years old in July of 2021. She is a Jamaican, not refugee, but illegal immigrant. That, and a legal immigrant yeah, from Jamaica. From Jamaica. Yeah. And she came over here and made a fucking marijuana empire. With zero papers. With zero papers. <laughs> and we're going to see the route from fucking... Uh, Jamaica's a little bit weird. She had to go into fucking China for, reasons, for some reason. So for the audience, that's what she looks like. You can see her. Not a bad, pretty lady. Yeah. She's not too tall, about 5'4", 150, which will be pretty impressive with what uh, she, she does in life. So uh, this one is, uh, we also smoked a Puffco again. I'm going to stop doing that before the stuff, but <laughs> I thought with uh, Saul it would be fun. Um, so we got a new researcher. I have different researchers on here. I pay people to research something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Producers. This, producers. Yeah, they're essentially my different producers. Mercenary each episode, producers. Each episode has different producers. <laughs> um, this one is done by Brittany Roy. It's a lot more conversational, a lot less date happy. So we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. We'll just see. Early life. How far would you go for a better life? How far is too far? At the very least, this woman could teach us a lesson in motivation. That old saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. Charmaine Suzette Roman, at least that's the name that she chose in her ID and shit, story is a true rags to riches. Charmaine was born July 4th, 1971 in Jamaica. Her childhood was spent growing up in a third world high crime area of Central Village in San Catherine Parish. Still today, violence numbers and murder are common occurrences in the area. So I did look up um, how Jamaica is with like their stats and everything, and it says do not go there. <laughs> <laughs> it says a lot of that. It's a lot of exclamation points on whether or not you should go there or not. You yeah, know? like you can see this is pretty long, this like travel thing by the OSAC.gov. Yeah. And essentially it's... Uh, it's a huge cruise ship destination, so it's like, imagine you go past the ports. It's like, don't go past this. I've islands. done that. I worked one, and they're just like, there's like this little area, and there's like, don't go over there. And literally, <laughs> you can see the places get worse by each building as it goes down the thing until it's just like a vacant dog. But isn't there that stigma of like, you go to Jamaica, you get a garbage bag full of weed for like four dollars? I'm like, don't you have to go to past that see, for this that? A, see, this is actually what I found in this, just that she's Jamaican and sells weed. I was going to say that later, but how fun would that be? The drug dealer with Jamaican? Wow. But, um, yeah, I mean, I do hurt. I did. I I don't think if the weed's that great down there, I think it might actually not be that good of weed. It's probably why you need a garbage bag full of it. Yeah, I think it's bad, but I think it is actually illegal, too, and I think they get in trouble for it, um, and you should not do that. But, uh, yeah, it's fucked up there. It says uh, it's ranked 10th among 20 of the most dangerous places in the world. 
Well, Jamaica's. You, you know, they're barely breaking that top 10, but you're in there, Jamaica. <laughs> you're in there, dude. You're putting up numbers. <laughs> you're putting up numbers, you know. <laughs> uh, Forbes magazine listed Jamaica as the third most dangerous place for women travelers in 2017. In 2018, the homicide rate was 47 for every 100,000 residents, and in 2019 saw an increase of 3%. This is three times higher than the average for Latin America and the Caribbean. Wow. Well... It's 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 a tough town, man. It's it's uh, I mean, the music is tough. Music is good. I like the music a lot, but it's like a lot of fucking cars and I don't know, man. I I I do you know what I'm talking about? Like when shot reggaeton like, and stuff. When shot. Reggaeton. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's aggressive. It's happily aggressive, though. That is true. You know, like it's always an upbeat thing, but it does seem like. If I walked into a reggaeton bar and like I would be like, "Whoa, this is a lot." If you walk into fun. a reggaeton bar like looking like you, it'd probably be a weird time. Yeah, and like me not dancing either, just standing, <laughs> <laughs> looking at everybody like, "Whoa, this is crazy." Get my ass beat. So you can see why she had to immigrate. I mean, good God, if that's not a reason, I don't know what is. Many residents sought to escape the impoverished existence of 1970s Jamaica. In 1988, a 16-year-old Charmaine left Jamaica on her journey to enter the United States illegally. And you know what I've always said. I've always said build a wall, but around Jamaica. No more (laughs) reggae, no more good vibes, no more Marley's, no Damien, Steven, and definitely not Ziggy. Okay, definitely no more Puffco before this. I just realized Bob Marley is far from aggressive. Yeah, Bob (laughs) Marley's like the opposite of it. Yeah, never mind. Scratch everything I just said about it being aggressive. But it's 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 a it's a freaking. uh, I've been to Jamaica before. It's a hair. It's hurricane. uh, Like well, we couldn't go down. We were in the waters of Jamaica, but it's hurricanes and it's just uh, spicy food. Have you had your chicken before? Yeah, I mean, I find. I mean, they've probably said this before. Someone has a joke about it, but um, like the worst a place is, the better their food. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a lot of times. Not that I mean, I'm, but it just says you know, the Swedish. No one's like, I got to get that Swedish food. You <laughs> make some lutefisk. <laughs> yeah, I got to get me some. And it's pickled sweet, safe, yeah, very safe. That's what I mean. Safest country. <laughs> but then you're like, fucking dude, I'll take some jerk chicken and a goddamn plantain. That's why people keep going back. That's why the cruise ships keep going back, man. <laughs> Under the assumed name of Antoinette Lewis, she was first to the United Kingdom, London. So she's here. She's traveling here illegally. So, so she went first to the UK. I thought Jamaica was closer to here. I might have no idea where it is. Then <laughs> Quebec in Canada. And then she crossed the border on foot or in a car. Once in the United States, she made the journey across approximately eight states in 1,600 miles from Quebec to Orlando. Whoa. Of all places to all that to end up in Orlando. Exactly. <laughs> Who knew the Jamaican Express went through Quebec to Orlando? Just the destination. That's a specific place you got to go. Because you illegally went from the UK. You illegally hopped three times. Yeah. How hard is it to hop from... Because she did it three times. I mean, I feel like you're allowed to travel, aren't you? So you, I think you just travel somewhere and then you stay there. That's why I think maybe like people that like cross on foot maybe are too poor to afford a plane ticket. Yeah, at least that's how my dad was. Yeah, I think you just can't. So here we're since she was an immigrant here and your dad was an immigrant, we can see. Uh, I kind of want to see if you and I are going to immigrate here. What we're going to do? Because <laughs> this follows her from the beginning to where she becomes, and it's kind of impressive. 
And I don't know how hard this would be. It seems very hard. And I'll pretend I'm immigrating to like El Salvador or something. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. A little Argentinian. Argentinian, yeah. A little Argentinian. I could, yeah. I was thinking of, so this one, right? She goes. Um, so actually in Orlando, there's a huge Jamaican community. It's like one of the biggest outside of Jamaica. Okay. Um, Weird. Yeah. It's just maybe they're just the weather's similar. That's exactly what I was. I think maybe the, the weather's, weather's similar. Is similar. Yeah, I like it. There's Disney World. I I respect it. It's Disney World. I mean, there's a lot of like uh, there's a lot of Haitian. I mean, that's, I can't say that's not the same thing. <laughs> but there's a lot of like tropical African American people. It's like saying, African well, there's like uh, it's not saying you're not trying to call them the same people, but it's like Mexico being right next to Guatemala. Yeah. There's a lot of the same you Latinx, know, yeah, whatever Latinx. black yeah, X yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of these guys down there do the tropical kind of black mm -hmm. people. To this day, it is unknown how she was able to untake and fund such a long journey, nor how or where she crossed the U.S. border. Can you imagine the story? Was she traveling alone? Where are her parents? How did she get the money to travel? How did she obtain the fake IDs and documents? So I guess that's too. That's why you have to be maybe undocumented because that's why then you can't go across the border too. Mm -hmm. You have, I mean, not having the money to do it the legitimate way, which is like through, I mean, to get in the United States is whole jumping through hoops. Now, if you have, a, if you're Mexican with a passport, you can't just walk over the border. Well, you can get day? a working passport like my grandfather did, my, and you could just cross over the border, and he would just come over here, he'd work, and you can get it for six months to two years at a time, depending on what whether you're working. But sometimes if you want to be here permanently, like yeah. permanently, you got nothing back home in Mexico, you just, uh, that's when you got to cross. Yeah. Sometimes a lot, like my dad would cross illegally to start a family here, but also send money back home. So he, you just have to know uh, the black market. You have to figure out who's uh, who knows a coyote. Yeah, and those guys yeah. are fucking terrible, right? Yeah, well, a lot of them are because they're affiliated with the cartel and human trafficking and stuff like that. That would fucking suck. Yeah, but I'm not quite sure how she did what she did from those three countries because I feel like, are you doing it by yourself or is she legitimately? Well, going? I think if you, I think you can vacation anywhere. Yeah. Like, I can go, I think I can vacation in China if I have a passport. Okay. So maybe she just had the right documentation. That's how she was. Like, how did she get the money? That would be expensive as fuck. And how did she get those uh, documents? I don't really know how the government works down there. But maybe she, I don't know, she's pretty ruthless with, with, with what happens next. Because from Mexico to the United States, he's just coyote and then a long hike where they'll tell you where you, you'll run out of water. Like, my dad would spit into a rock. And then just to wet his lips and to mimic, like, he's trick his brain into thinking he was drinking water. Jeez, so there's stuff like that versus, like, uh, just that's just getting to the United States. I wonder if the leniency on the borders of the other country, because I don't know. You're right. He's, he probably just got in there like, hey, I'm working here, and then just goes to another country. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. Well, I give her a lot of props. It was probably saying. easier to get in through the Canada border in, like, 1988. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Mounties aren't looking. Yeah, I don't think like, they ah. gave a fuck back then. <laughs> so that might be why she went there. I'm just imagining a moose at, like, a shack. like <laughs> With, like, a sign <laughs> yeah, that, here, that you just have to sign in your name <laughs> into America. Please sign in before I'm getting in America. Like an honor sheet? You promise you'll come back. Okay, well, then I am going to try and make up a, a, a me immigrating to someplace. And I am hypothetically thinking... I'm going to go to El Salvador and try and blend in. Because I was, I was thinking about China, but it's a little hot right now with what Tony Chinchcliffe said. <laughs> so I don't want to touch China. I'll go after uh, El Salvador, though. 
you think nobody, no person's allowed in China because of Hinchcliffe? Hinchcliffe's just, he's he's messed up the Chinese ties? Yeah, white people can't even say China anymore. Today's the last day. It feels a little uncomfortable. It you does, it right doesn't now. it? It feels racist. It's kind of weird because you can't get like chow mein now because it's no. China Panda or China Express. No, I got to call it something completely different. Like just- C-word. See what? Yeah, <laughs> I now made Chinese people a bad word. Oh my god! So, um, or Tony did that. So, you're gonna let's say you're immigrating to America. Do you? How do you? Why are you coming here? Do you like know someone? You have a job or something, or like are you just like fuck it? Let's go try to go to America. Like I talked to this one guy when I was in San Francisco. We're talk. We're chilling with my cousin and his friends, and he was like, "Yeah, this guy told me, hey, I'll pay for you to come up here." You then he just works for him now. Yeah, I think that people is that kind of the main reason people come over here. That is that is one of the main reasons that come over here. But in that instance, it all depends on that person who's bringing him over, how he is as a person. Because you got to recognize that person calls the shots. Yeah, is that borderline own you know? Yeah, is that a person who's legitimately trying to uh, push you forward and will never manipulate you in any other way, or is it that person a little bit scummy and going like, hey? Uh, I could just call ICE and you can yeah. go home. Like, is it like that? Because uh, I'm not trying to shit talk on my grandma because my grandma owned a bakery and then she get, she came to the United... My grandmother, my mom's side, came to the United States using a dead woman's identity and then she opened up a bakery with that woman's identity and then there was rumor through the mill like uh, that my grandmother would do that to her employees. She would bring illegal immigrants in, have them work for her, and then like... A week later, they wouldn't be working there anymore. They wouldn't even be in the United Oof. States. So, like, it's it's like I don't want something I don't want to believe about my grandmother, who just like got her employees deported if they didn't listen. But it wouldn't like looking back at her character is like, wow, this wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it depends if it's that. It was interesting though that your the grand your grandma's name that you took was Shaniqua. <laughs> <laughs> that, that never made sense. Yeah, yeah, Shaniqua's wigs. That's yeah, what my, she, she ran it for years. Shaniqua's <laughs> pendulce. People are like, what the fuck? Pendulce. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that would be a nightmare, man. How do you think they get? What do you think? Do people just go through Texas? Like if you were, or like all these San Diego is a good place. Texas. Sit, like, what do you do? Arizona. You just walk past, or like, or you just walk through the I port? think it there's depends like on the or border, like a, man. Yeah, it depends on the border, and then there's obviously, I mean, it's technically human trafficking. I guess it's human trafficking, but then I think through a lot of the, uh, uh, it's swimming. You're doing a lot of literally fence hopping. Like I, I, watching the fence hopping is wild because it's just guys going out of their way using their own body to make sure one somebody, even if gets they up. don't, yeah. gets up, to make sure that their friend gets up. So it's like that's how much they want to get in this yeah. country. Like even if they don't, they know somebody else did. It's fucking wild. Yeah, just even if I fail, at least I failed to help someone else. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> it's a moment of silence for the people who are just there's an entire documentary on vice about people who are stuck at the border the other side of mexico and then they just become like these homeless people who just keep trying and trying so it's like a a, a game where it's like they start over and they get caught and they go back and then they just end up at that part of the, it it's it's wild the i talked to this one i used to do some shady stuff in tijuana i talked to this one gang member and he would just talk about how he would like come here or Go to sneak into America, get caught, get in trouble, get deported, and you just kept doing this loop. Because I guess sometimes when you get deported and you create a crime here, that are, the other Mexican government won't get you in trouble for it. No, no, no. Yeah, they'll 
The 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 U.S. I'm not saying all Mexicans that come in here do crimes. I'm just saying this one guy he had but, like MS13 tattoos all over his face. He was yeah. It's, if you these are criminals being legitimately criminals and mm-hmm. then manipulating the system. Yeah, and I think that's a small percentage. But just it's more. definitely a small percentage, but it's a percentage that's that's interesting. And when you see people like oh they're rapists, like when the people who do mention. Oh, the rapists! There are some rapists are coming yeah. over. Of course, there's a numbers aid. It's a numbers game. There's yeah. going to be there's gangs, there's criminal yeah. organizations, there's uh, drugs that need to be had. You know, we all love drugs. There's a I'm there's a, a cost fan. to that. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah. So let's go on. I'm gonna go immig. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. This is another good question. Let's say you're immigrating here, Sal. So where are you gonna go? Like, what city would you start again? You're gonna go to the, like Central Valley, just become like a farming guy or are you going to try and go like to some weird midwest town and open the only taco shop or something or? yes the midwest version i think that's a good one that's that's the perfect if you if you randomly see like a, a mexican dude opening up a mediocre cafe mexican cafe mm. in idaho or fucking well i think it's always chinese guys you or, ever go to little towns there's always one chinese family yeah I'm saying chinese a lot this episode yeah um but then, i don't like, like there's it. always like a jade found or something and they make yeah. the chinese for the whole outfit and, and yeah yeah it's it's and i've been to that i've been to a, a chinese buffet in kenosha wisconsin they were the only game in town and they were packed Full of what seemed like to be the illegal immigrant Mexicans mm. in Wisconsin. I'm like, I've there, you know, like it's it's crazy. This little piece where like the rest of it. I mean, Wisconsin's white. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, because I I have I have uh, helped bring people. I was a part of helping. Yeah. yeah, from going from California to Wisconsin, and I was like, yo, I can't believe these little communities of Mexicans and Chinese people are just out here. It's wild just seeing him in the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I do. It's cool. It's 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 a different way to do it. I don't know if it's braver. I don't know if it's dumber. I don't know if it's smarter. If I don't know if it's some of the easier. best chiquilas I've ever had have been in Wisconsin. Chilaquilas I've ever yeah. had have been in Wisconsin, and I was like, I was like, what the fuck, man? Good for them. I always talk Random. shit about little towns. Um, so I'm gonna go to El Salvador. I'm gonna try to immigrant there and see how this goes. My route to El Salvador, uh, I would guess. I went to Colombia, ran out of money, money, and now have to hide in El Salvador. Um, Do you know so, like anything about El Salvador? I know that they're tiny, like statistically the I'm smallest about, people. Like, the food, anything like that? You know, like I know the, El Salvador food because I lived in Little El Salvador for a while. Papooses and stuff like that. Okay. And plantains, stuff like that. They don't have spicy food, which I really don't like. But I got an idea of what I'm gonna do here. I think I'm gonna go bad pretty early. <laughs> Right away, criminal. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) So, like, in my mind, I went to Columbia to vacation, ran out of money. Now I got to hide in El Salvador. So I can't take a plane. So I got, like, a, would say, like, a dirt bike and a satellite phone. And I'm going to El Salvador. You're pretty much doing the Pablo Escobar route. But, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to buy a zoo. You know, I want a monkey across my shoulders. I think I'm going to try and join that CIA. (laughs) That's what I really think. Okay, you're coming to America. Here's a question. Yeah. Well, let's say in bet because America, there's it's it used to be Mexico, so the language is more ingrained. Let's say you're going to like France or something. I was gonna say China, but like trying to blend in. No, China because they do that here. Let's say you're going to China, and you're having a kid. Are you gonna name it like a Chinese name or Japan or any other Asian character? You know what I mean? Like because people come to another place. Like she changed her name. Would you? Would I change my name if I were to like go into a different country? Would I change my yeah. name to assimilate? It depends on 
<clears throat> what I'm doing. If obviously, if it's if it's the black market, yes, I'm changing my name. Oh, good f- fucking point, buddy. If it's if I'm just gonna be whatever, I'm gonna my name. You know what I mean? I love that. That's great. Yeah, I don't know. I would probably. I mean, though, I if I'm going to El Salvador, I think I'm gonna change my name to Esteban. I've always, <laughs> I've always felt like it's an Esteban. Steven. I've always felt like an Esteban. I would just have my name, but in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think that's Steven. It's just Esteban. Like, yeah. yeah I guess no, I like it, Esteban. <laughs> I like your fucking. I like El Salvador. I like Coke Steve. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Dude, he makes some problems, but he's gonna come out. I got some sick ideas. You gonna grow your pinky nail out long too, Esteban? What are you gonna do? <laughs> I mean, right now I'm just flying through the desert on a sick motorcycle. That's fucking gold <laughs> that I stole from the cartel. <laughs> Oh my god! And I gotta go into El Salvador. So far, I like I like El Salvador, Steve. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm close. Any moment, I could be this guy. I just need if this weekend falls through, I'm gonna go to El Salvador. If weekend to weekend, yeah, with you. So her so far, pretty decent. I mean, it seems a little easier. She didn't have to climb over, but she might have came over the border. It's a little cold up there. But her origin story is okay. <clears throat> You're right now. Um, you came over the border in San Diego, and you're in where, Michigan, or? Uh, I would probably end up being in like uh, Iowa, something. Wow, like you're that. going super rural. Yeah, 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 something real rural. Hmm. I might go to like Chicago and open like an authentic Mexican restaurant there because it's like there's a like, lot of them there already, man. But like real, like there's a, there's a, huge, there's and, a like, huge Mexican population in Chicago randomly. Yeah, I mean they're every. I mean that's a big hub. I know too. a couple Mexican comics who I thought were from L.A. that are from Chicago. I'm like, what the fuck? Random. That's true. Random. But do they make fresh tortillas? I hope they do. I, they I'm pretty sure they, they do. They don't even do that in Sacramento very much. All right, so it begins in Orlando. Charmaine finds employment at a boutique owned by Dolly Farquhar Harson. F A R Q U H A R S O N. That's a hard ass name. She was assistant turned lover and conspirator. She was his assistant turned lover and conspirator. So uh, Dolly was a man. <laughs> Who would have guessed that? Dolly Farquhar Harson is a fucking hard name to say. Yeah, here's the thing: Charmaine and Dolly. I would assume one or the other. You know, they they like <laughs> if you flip the names over, I'm like, all right. Yeah, Charmaine's Dolly? more men. Ma- You're manly. Dolly. Yeah. Charmaine and Dolly sound like the Rob Banks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She was his assistant turned lover and conspirator. Okay, so at a boutique. Yeah, I tried to find out what kind of boutique it was. And there's a guy named Darley, Dolly Harson. He's a designer of women's clothes. I don't know if that's him. And then there's another one, Harson. You know, you'd think maybe that's like Louis Farrakhan, kind of like Black Israelite thing. But I think it's Scottish. I just looked up like seven old dead Scottish men. So. Farqua Harson? Farqua Harson. You got it. You right. get right back into the. I look up Scottish Farqua Harson, still a black guy. Yeah, it's still he's <laughs> like, a Oh, black. my God. His name's Dolly. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. So her na- husband's name's Dolly. Um, it's a weird name. Be like me if I was like, hey, this is my husband, Susan. <laughs> my father, Linda. My mother, Doug. My dog is named Doctor. And my cat is called Toyota Corolla. Toyota Corolla gets a lot of good gas miles, man. Toyota Corolla. Mice, I like him. Keep going. (laughs) The shop was a front for their drug trafficking activities. Dolly introduced Charmaine to the drug world, a.k.a. the game. In 1992, Charmaine gave birth to the couple's daughter, Tia Farquharson. 
Soon after they have their first child, they split up. Charmaine proved to be no meek pushover spouse, though. Her hustler mind was in full tilt, and her dominant, opinionated personality clashed with Dolly's. So, Saul, you're in Iowa. What kind of job are you getting? What are you doing in Iowa? You're going to go clean? You're going to start the taco place? Uh, well, I, I'm going to start the taco place, but... Uh See, if, if I do anything like like the taco place, I would have to make sure that I would uh, I could ship my authentic ingredients from Mexico, so that way other things can shipped can mm. get shipped with my ingredient like the flour. Mm -hmm. I need authentic flour stuff oh, okay. like that. But there's also other entities like uh, like how I remember people cleaning money growing up uh, is I would I would gamble a lot too. That's that you nailed it right here. Well, because cause I, I, I mean, I came up with, I'm a gambling addict, so I came up with a lot of, of drug dealers and, and cholos who would roll in with wads of cash, and then it would be nothing if they lost $1,000. Yeah. They're just cleaning it up, and they take it as losses. We're going to talk all about that, buddy. Good call. Great guess for this one. I knew you would be. So you're going to go, I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean, maybe you could be a hub for bigger cities around you. I don't know how much people do cocaine in Iowa to, to, to make a cartel thing going on. But you could do the thing your grandma did. She's like, bring over Mexican people and trap them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely Some bring over like Mexican that. people and then um, expand that as well. You wouldn't necessarily, like if you could figure it out, whether you get Russians or other people of oh, Asian countries. Because you can't just go to Mexico if, if it's cheaper to get Asians over. Like, I'm thinking just straight up. I'm just, I'm, In I a box? Just you, on yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in the box. All right, so now me. I am in El Salvador. I need to get a job, and I only have a dirt bike and a map phone, and I <laughs> and I picked up a machine gun. I have a machine gun too. So what I'm thinking about is my life can go two ways right now. I can go to Brazil and start smoking some flaca and kill myself. Not good for you. <laughs> or I can join the CIA. I like the flaca thing. I like the flaca. You're thing not a, a narc. Too. You're not, not a narc, narc dude. Well, I could flip the CIA thing. We're gonna see how oh, that goes. Oh, dude, you could fucking straight up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm overthrowing a government. Takashi six nine it, dude. You have your cake and eat it too. Become this badass dude and then just snitch on everybody. Yep, that's exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> then then you're gonna end up in Iowa with me, dude. Oh wow, this could work out long con. It would work both angles. Different, and then you change your name again. <laughs> yeah, then change back to Steve. They're like, no, you're Esteban. No, no, I'm Steve Fury. Esteban only had one name. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Esteban. Steve. <laughs> Steve Fury, dental hygienist. Yes. <laughs> no patients. I only do referrals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Charmaine's second daughter, Shanita, was born of a short-lived. Fling. Her father disappeared, leaving Charmaine to care for herself and her children alone. How does a single, undo undocumented, uneducated, illegal alien woman support two daughters? She gets a job. She could have gotten a job at the local inns, cleaning sperm from the bedsheets and puke from the floors after the night ragers and prostitute appointments. She could have sold her body, but she wanted more. Wow. Look what Brittany wrote there. That was fun, Britt. <laughs> Good job, Britt. Uh, it's funny because uh, it's, it's pretty similar to, uh, well, not an Eiffeling, but my grandmother escaped my uh, my grandfather. Well, and God rest in peace, my grandfather, but this is from what I understand the stories is that he was an alcoholic and he would hit my grandma. And uh, he left, uh, my grandmother left in the middle of the night with my mom, and then she separated, divorced, and then started a rival bakery that ended up being 
the bakery that had more business than my grandfather's bakery. That's fucking tight. Yeah. So it's like I'm kind of what she does right here, dude. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by it. It's very interesting. She pretty much does that whole thing. It's all about the climb. She approaches members of the Jamaican Drug Organization, JDO. Not much or not much imagination in that group, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but <laughs> they didn't want to spitball. No. I love it. That'd be just like if I started a gang and I named it Gang. <laughs> this is my gang, gang. We are a gang and we do gang activities. <laughs> Ooh, what, Saul? What's up? What are you naming your human trafficking organization? My human trafficking organization, um, probably, probably Hope Railroad or something. Hope Railroad, that's fun. Something like that. Yeah, it could be like an organization too. Yeah. I'm going Steve's Liberating Units of Terror or the Sluts. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, dude, the Sluts are coming. The Sluts are in town. The Sluts just blew our ass out. Or, or even like if you're good, if somebody's like, oh, thank God the Sluts are here. Dude, They're I'm here hope- to rescue us, the Sluts. <laughs> Listen, my mom was a Slut. My dad was a Slut. My grandma was a Slut. My grandbabies will be Sluts. <laughs> Listen, I don't want any whores here. Yeah. It's either the sluts versus the horse. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? <laughs> JDO. So you don't approach a very cultural insulated organization like JDO without either one Titanic size lady balls or two prior connections in Jamaica. Luckily, she has them. Wow. In this case, she probably had both given the fact that she climbed the JDO hierarchy the same way a charismatic paper pusher might climb the corporate ladder at Amazon. Charmaine began as boots on the ground by selling bags of marijuana in the Orlando area. Wow. She has straight up the connect. It's like being a Colombian who who has cocaine connects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She has right from Jamaican weed. Yeah. And I mean, like I said before, who wouldn't want a Jamaican woman that sells you weed? And she like... They, we'll get into it more later, but she hides all this. She lives a second life. Her family has no idea. No one has any idea. This is fantastic. Yeah, she's like the she's coolest fucking woman. chick. Yeah, that's the thing. She's like a super great mom and hides everything. That's great. So, Sal, uh, how are you working your way up? Are you stuck at your current position? How does one make more money being illegal? That question doesn't really work. What Amora says right now, okay, you're bringing in a few illegal immigrants. Yeah. You're having them work for you. You have a taco shop, makes crazy tortillas from flour from Mexico. What I mean, you're, you seem like your roof's stopping soon. What are you going to do? You start other ones in other towns? Or are you uh, it, going I, into local government? I don't know. I'm thinking more long game, man. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'm thinking uh, definitely your cover has to be extremely like so if i'm if i'm if there's a function because i'm in a small town yes. if there's any kind of function like a like a strawberry queen festival mm-hmm. oh i'm i'm there catering catering yeah. i'm there i'm i'm at every town meeting vocal i'm making sure that no one is on to me oh there's no way so cuz he's yeah. a and then eventually maybe maybe small government but meanwhile i'm i'm bringing in meth 
Yeah, and there's just so many Mexicans in this yeah. little town now. Everyone's Tiny, like, where are these Mexicans coming from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, because you're, you're bringing in... Oh, no, it's all illegal immigrants. It's all so illegal immigrants. Town, as long Chinese. as they have a, a rag around their arm, uh, yeah. the white people won't question it. They're like, they're fine. <laughs> it's like, like the, Des Moines, Iowa is so culturally diverse? It's like the ones you have across the street that shoo away homeless people. The one with the vests on, they 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 oh, rake leaves. Somewhere. As as long as you have those people there, no one cares. I'm gonna question it. They'll just be like, these are great. So they're like Cape Crusader, like keeping the city clean. Mm-hmm. You're paying them small amounts of wages. Yeah. The city's get wow. This is good, man. If here's the thing is if a family of Trump supporters sees a, an illegal immigrant shoo away a homeless encampment and successfully do it. They'll vote blue right away. They'll yeah. be like, no, bring them in. They're the greatest. Yeah. Or these <laughs> ones are the exception. Oh, yeah, yeah. The ones in my town are great. These are good, but those <laughs> other ones are... You're probably right, yeah. Okay, so that's pretty good. So, Saul, you've got people coming in here. You now have, like, a Cape Crusaders protecting the town at night. Mm-hmm. You're ingratiating yourself into the culture. Me, I'm going the other way. I go to the U.S. Embassy. I drive my dirt bike in there in the hallway, and I scream, I'm an American, and I demand to talk to whoever's in charge. <laughs> Keep in mind, I did stop at Brazil to get that little flocka. So I'm on a little ba- bender, a little on edge. <laughs> you go to the metal detector. You're putting all your guns onto the thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't want the thing to go off. Yeah, nothing's bad. And I pull a <laughs> knife out of somewhere you didn't know their knives could be. Oh, no. Okay. And when I talk to the boss of the embassy, whatever that is, I don't know who that person's name is, maybe some senator, I don't know what that is, I convince them that I can be the boots on the ground for the CIA. And that's the day I become an American hero and probably start killing a lot of people, but a hero. That's how it works. I heard that's how it works. Oh, I got a lot more plans. This ain't the fucking end for (laughs) Esteban. Esteban. Esteban's coming. It quickly became apparent to Mark Reed that this woman was business savvy. Mark Reed is one of the higher-ups in the JDO. She had a head for numbers and strategy. What are the primary goals in any business? Improve productivity, efficiency, process, and the bottom line. Somewhere along the way, Charmaine became indispensable to the JDO operations. She was cooking those JDO books like a sous chef at a five-star restaurant. She became a de facto partner in the utmost tiers of the organization couple things here and this happens you know a lot in this there's a lot of people cooking books like who's looking at the jamaican drug organization's books i mean i'm surprised that they even have books it feels like a jamaican drug organization should just feel like something that's said and then like when somebody's like the taxes on them that's not a thing maybe you you know i think i'm stupid she's cooking the books of their fronts of their fronts that no 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 you're not stupid but i just think we both were like what are you just like? Is this, yeah, what is like, this? A company? Yeah, that you're yeah, like, like, yeah. I was like, I don't know what that name's about. The Jamaican drug organization, yeah. but they only work in bales of rice. <laughs> like if they could just have a banner in front of a building, yeah. just JDO on it. That's a worth thing. Maybe like yeah. cooking the books of that. So weird. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I mean, she. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're you're cooking the books on everything. Any type of losses, like if you have a restaurant, you over order. You overorder food, you overorder product, and then when it, when the waste comes in, you take the losses. So you you just make sure that you're to the dot on your overcooking, and then making it look like, oh, I ordered too much of mm-hmm. this, and that works for almost any business. Especially, I bet you could write off a lot of stuff mm-hmm. for like you know giving it away free. So then that's another way that you keep pumping up the communities like you're giving away free food that exactly. you're really just using to anything that you give away, you can technically write off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She comes up with a great one. 
one that uh, I never really thought about, but I actually probably would have. It's a man's world, until it's not. Charmaine wanted a little of the good life for herself and her babies. What mother doesn't? She had just found a path and was plotting a course to the proverbial promised land, wealth. She was one of the lucky ones. Historically, crime organizations are man's territory. And the layout or map of a typical crime organization, even today, when we come across a female, she is often, more often than not, burp, an unwilling participant being exploited for monetary gain. And, you know, I kind of got really mad when she wrote that. I was like, not every woman in a crime organization is just being exploited because I've met a bunch and they are equally terrible people. But she wrote more often than not. And that's probably right. More often than not, they're getting exploited. It depends. Here's the thing. It depends on the woman. If the woman is a legit savage, she'll come about every angle. She'll hit Mm -hmm. every angle. She'll be like, oh, I'm just a dainty lady Mm -hmm. to where like I'm a crafty bitch. Mm -hmm. You have to hit every character if you're going to be a true boss, because that's what like that's what a boss a boss is interchangeable in their emotions and everything's uh, everything situational. Like the like the true like every uh, every crime boss, it's like you have to be willing to use every angle to manipulate your way to the top. Especially if you're just physically weaker. Yeah. Than everybody else. Yeah, it's you gotta it's, be smarter. It's a, who was it? It was Napoleon. It's the Napoleon thing because he was like five foot three. And he was like this one, all these, I don't like, I'm not going to act like I know about Napoleon. You motherfuckers know about Napoleon. You heard about it. Read a book. It ain't my job. (laughs) I'm reading this right now. Increasingly, women are sub-level players as boots on the ground, foot soldiers, or distributors. Women are generally not known to profit greatly from the organization. Rarely are women found at the helm of such criminal enterprises. In any organization, you will often find two types of people, the brains and the muscle. The muscle typically make it won't make it beyond duffel bags full of cash on a motel bed what do you do with it what is the reason or cover for having this enormous amount of money i'm a burger flipper at sloppy joe's how do i explain this not a fan of those last two sentences um or then the brains figure it out she was the brains saul you already took an evil turn i took an evil turn What are we doing next? We got to keep moving. We got to keep getting better. So right now you have the Caper Crusaders. Yeah. You have a shipping business and human trafficking organization Mm -hmm. and excellent number one Mexican in the Midwest restaurant. Yes. Small though. Okay. So I have one. So then it becomes about uh, franchising or making it a chain and then going from small town to small town to small town and then the same thing, expanding but see, the bigger you get, the more looked upon you are, I guess. So I guess it sounds like Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Yeah, that. Yeah, uh, let's do that. <laughs> what? Yeah, what, exactly, exactly what that. Gus did. Yeah, That's yeah, 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 yeah. But with uh, he did it with some chi- which some chicken. What was it a chicken? Rat? Like yeah. an El Pollo Loco? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was like Pollo Brothers or something like that. Compa- Hermanos. Po- Hermanos. Yes, Pollos Hermanos. Yeah, Pollos Hermanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, but yeah, something like that, but with tacos. It'd be like, a, but you got to make them good, though. You got to make them good. Yeah, the Mexican fried chicken thing. I was always like, what a weird uh, uh, way to go. Uh, me, like I said, I'm I'm probably gonna go evil. I've been kind of evil the whole time. I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Um. So my name is Esteban. I have no last name. I'm in the CIA. I'm turning into. An evil person. First, I buy a jacket that says CIA really big on the back. <laughs> so everyone, a Letterman jacket that yeah. says CIA. Yes, and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. everyone knows I'm in the CIA and they can't touch me. Yeah. So I got I got my hat 
my CIA back, my CIA jacket. I still got my dirt bike. I now picked up another machine gun. So I have two machine guns. Um, it's kind of hard to drive my motorcycle with two machine guns, but I do it for America. Then I go to El Salvador. I'm in there. And I see what little tiny, tiny mountain town I can take over. Okay. Small, protected, farming community. Good. And then I pay those farmers ten times normally what they get. And they only start making the food for my fort. In Two my... bucks each. I got it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to crush them. I'm gonna, they're going to love it. And I'm going to build up walls and stuff. And we're in some weird little town, tiny little people. And then uh, so we don't. they don't want to leave. And then I cook food and stuff. So when I have my soldiers in my compound, they don't have to leave. Okay. So then I go, oh, I've thought about this. Then I start contacting the different warlords, drug kingpins, gangs. And I start trading them Dogecoin for drugs untraceable only good mark cuban's restaurants and stores no i trade the money for drugs so then but i start buying <laughs> a decent amount yeah so that they need me you know they can't kill me just now this is i'm what? just imagining a campfire of you no see it's cryptocurrency is the future <laughs> it goes up every day <laughs> yeah, Elon, yeah, Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tesla? Elon, elon musk is in it <laughs> he's in space <laughs> That's Rocket. 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 Just asked about trying to cheat, game him up. <laughs> so, paying off of these people kind of protects me for the time being. You know, they need the money. They know I'm in the CIA. I'm using some of my contacts in the American government. Then I take the drugs and I start selling them in Japan because we did the Yakuza one, and they their drugs are dumbass expensive there. Are they? Yeah, because it's hard to get in there or something. I don't know. Or it's super bad. If you want to know more about that, you hit up that Yakuza episode. Yeah, check out that Yakuza episode. I can't remember all this shit. I have all these evil people in my head. So then I take that money and I start buying X Clearwater Halliburton and Blackwater Mercenaries for our, my four my fork compound. I get about 150 of them and then I chill. And I build some wealth. Secret warehouse or a secret club that sells because the Japanese love vending machines. Where they could just buy cocaine from a vending machine. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just—they're obsessed with vending machines over there. I would probably go drone. Drone. Yeah, because if I could give pounds of like meth, I think armed drone. Well, like if I could, yeah, just a sick at like I'm talking. I'm getting next military guys, so maybe these are like military drones. So then I get like because like from like a pound of meth there was like a three. I think it was. I said it was like three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Which it seems like a lot, so if I just buy a drone that can just kind of shoot these little, you're bags. gonna get real fat. Because the thing is, is that if you get a drone to deliver all your drugs, you're just gonna be you pantsless in a room, operating a drone like a. Oh, PS3. I don't leave my I don't leave my compound ever. Not without no 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 no. I'm working this. I'm I'm selling to a guy and he does the shit in Japan. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I can't. I can no. I gotta stay here. I gotta be protected, insulated, high on this mountain. Yeah, my l- lungs are adjusting. My, I got my little El Salvadorians making my, my uh, not my little El Salvadorians, people working for me, making the, getting paid fat stacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you've What you've done is that you've created hope for a tiny El, El Salvadorian yes. village that was struggling before, but now, because they're boss. Exactly. Yeah. And now they <laughs> fucking love me. All right. You're, you're the Willy Wonka of drugs. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. God damn. The little El Salvadorian songs. <laughs> All right. Boss lady. In the late 1990s, Charmaine had come this far with considerable success, so she needed her own front. In 2005, she started a com- concert promotion business, Sure Thing Investments Incorporated. She was officially a legitimate, for the most part, businesswoman. Mainly talented and famous reggae artists were her clients. Sure Thing, all right, with those hundreds of dollars in grass profits funneling through. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, <clears throat> it really is. 
it really sure thing investments it's like she named it a horse yeah <laughs> this will be good investments <laughs> so, oh my god but i mean if if it's one thing is a great thing to funnel money like early out in comedy uh, i did a comedy show at, at a theater a thousand seater the promoter sold 137 seats and paid me, uh, I mean, I don't know, however amount of money in $50 bills in an envelope. And he and he just threw it at me. He's like happy to do it. He was happy to do it. So clearly I had worked for somebody who was just who was just burning money. So this is clearly, you could just buy an arena, not sell it out. And then any negative, pro, you, you could, you could, uh, you could. No, I got it right here. Yeah. Use, I mean, this is what I would have done. Go ahead. So you use the drug money to advertise. You pack the shows. You break even. You get everyone on the show on the free guest list. Okay. But then you write that they all paid like $200 a ticket to come to this comedy show. They come. You pretty much write, give away a lot of the drinks for free, and you just save people over doing that. I mean, the tickets one, you could get. I mean, you could do a $100 ticket. People wouldn't get that crazy. Book like six comics. Sell it out. Do a $100 ticket to, uh, what, 200 seats? So it's 100 times 200. These are Coke conversations. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, we get that, and then we have a time. <laughs> These are. It's like 20000 I think. <laughs> so yeah. you can make 20, so you could write off $20,000 as an income. You also got to pay tax and stuff, but that's a good way to do it. I really enjoy that way. And You're perfect for this business. Yeah, I would I would do this, but then I don't want to deal with man. When you start getting the real shit, then you have to get like real shit drug dealers. Like whenever you sell like real drugs, you have to start dealing with like cocaine your, drug dealers. Your life like becomes more at risk. Yeah, it's just every like, day. All the fun stuff. Because stuff. in your scenario, you don't leave your compound. Do you want to just stay on the compound forever? Oh, so that's a good idea. Maybe I run these shows in El Salvador. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in my compound. I'm running these shows for these tiny little El Salvadoran farmers, and saying that's how I make all my money. Okay, Charmaine was an enthusiastic gambler. This is where you come in. Okay. Her daughters reported in an interview with BET that she would often purchase scratch-off tickets and supposedly win large amounts. Charmaine had redeemed approximately $187,000 in winning lottery tickets. Her daughters reported that she had won $10,000 or $100,000 on one single scratch-off ticket before that. What did she do? She go in and buy out the local convenience store of all their lotto tickets. Maybe her drug trafficking problem profits were supporting her gambling habits of such scratch off increasing her odds of winning with sheer volume purchase no what she would do is go to people who won them and then give them more money because of the taxes and stuff would she really is that what it was mm -hmm. I'll say that in a little bit okay so you're writing it off as a as gambling losses mm -hmm. that makes so much sense this okay smart what are you gonna do to uh launder your money dog to launder my money mm -hmm. like it's blackjack table back to my heroin like, okay. like I, I love playing blackjack. It's the one thing. But there, if you don't necessarily mind losing money, uh, I'm just playing strategically. And blackjack itself, it's it's the house favored. So you're gonna eventually lose. So I'd get to satiate my craving for a gambling addiction, and it's it's win win. You know what I mean? So I'd show up with like ten thousand dollars or whatever. And you just do it ten thousand dollars and get drunk. You make it look like you're having a good time. But the the whole thing's a scheme to I'm gonna lose this money and let's clean it up, you know. So the so it say say you take 10k and then you do win, right? Say like I take 10k and I win 60k. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. That's I'm clean money. The it it cleaned up the 10k that I that I that I used to for the black market, 
and now it's 60k of clean money yeah i mean that's a great idea that's what she was doing oh okay here so here you go there are some indian casinos in iowa so <laughs> yeah they're all over the midwest the well i was wondering if you were gonna be able to play enough blackjack you know I think if you develop a relationship with the town and you develop uh, the reputation of being, oh, he likes to gamble, which mm -hmm. ends up happening. They open up special tables for those people. So I, when I was gambling, I'd be playing I'd be like, oh, Bob's here. And then Bob would go in and play for $2,000 a hand. And he'd be the only guy. They'd have his own, somebody try to play on the table with him. He's like, could you not? This is my table unless you have $2,000 a hand. Because he would want to play heads up. And, he, and he'd go there and he could easily lose... 50,000. Couldn't you win more with more people because you can count their cards? Some guys, the moves that other people do, like if somebody we'll hit, them up. hits on a 16 when the dealer's showing 13, it, it, it's fine if you're betting five, ten dollars a hand, but then like you're also, yeah, you're like say you take stuff. the dealer's bust hand, a guy who's betting thousand dollars is going to be quite upset with ten dollar hits, you know, you know, so. Yeah. I've just seen it. I've seen some people flip the table over because some guys are trying to bet ten bucks doesn't know how to play blackjack. What's the most you ever won, or what's the most you ever lost? Me? Most I've ever won is uh, 3,600. The most I've ever lost is 2,700. Yeah, that's not, that's it's not too bad. I was real, like, it wasn't like crazy amount. I know, I've seen uh, people next to me win and lose a house. Like, just 100K is nuts. But they're playing, I, with, I was like, why are you playing with the rest of us? It's like, your, your betting is nuts. I just don't, like, I don't know, man. I need. Like, so I was just in Vegas doing those shows. Uh-huh. And it's impossible to get a drink there. And, like, if I'm gambling, I want the drinks to be coming. Because in my head, I'm like, well, I would have spent 20 bucks on two drinks anyway. Yeah. So if I lose it real quick. That's why I like Tahoe, man. Tahoe, you fucking. Well, I feel like it isn't like the 90s where a cocktail waitress would come out. No, they, they don't would... do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would come out. Now, it's because you got a lot of vagrants, a lot of homelessness, a lot of people hanging out by the machines, not playing, just like on the machines going, can I get a drink? And then she'll have to go, are you gambling? There's a lot of that riffraff. Yeah, so that's, that's why they don't come out as much. You're right. But it pissed me off, man. That's supposed to be the thing. So I had to go sit and play video poker, which is kind of fun. Because, well, if you sit and play video poker, you're direct to the bartender. Yeah. And, and then they'll just, yeah, them. you can just keep getting them. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the alcoholic's trick. You go, because a lot of the, uh, some places in, uh, yeah, yeah, there's that's penny me. machines. That's me. Penny machines, you mm -hmm. play playing blackjack or whatever. And, yeah, but I, there are some notorious gambling addicts who be there who get fucked up and still betting three to $100 a hand on a video poker machine. I'm like, what are you doing, man? The video mm -hmm. poker machines, too, get you because they make your first bet not a bet one. It's like a bet 10. So like you're like, oh, I'll just play the 50 cent one. And you're like, fuck, that was five bucks gone. You tricked me, bet machine. But then sometimes you, they'll, they'll let you a little bit of the dope and they'll go, oh, I just want a yeah. hand for that amount of money. Maybe I'll bet it again like that. Yeah, apparently all the Tahoe people kept saying, I got to play Keno. Yeah. There's an old gambling, uh, gambling saying. It's, it's like, because uh, they would give you free coffee and donuts. So like, man, that co free coffee and donuts cost me $1,000. Yeah. Because I can imagine those free drinks, those are $1,000 free drinks. <laughs> no, but I could probably drop. But if I drop 100 bucks gambling, the way I gamble is not good. That's going to take a while. Mm -hmm. And I would be blackout drunk in Vegas. That's a fair thing, I feel. But when I'm dropping all this money and I can't even get a fucking drink. It's like, what is going on? This costs you nothing, and you're taking people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Here's a question that Brittany asks that I think is a dumb question. 
Why did she not make take her drug profits, take her lottery wagons, and bow to the game gracefully? Power and greed are brutal masters. She could have exited the rat race that us that the rest of us are still running five times over, made several lucrative and legal investments, and lived a lifestyle of plenty, easily supporting her children and grandchildren. I would have said, easy money is fun, getting richer and richer is great, ambition is fun. I mean... People are bored. People are bored. Being you, good at something is really fun. Realistically, like if you were to get any kind of money, are you satisfied? Are you satiated with that? You're going to be bored and want more money. Yeah, it's all you want. That's just natural human... You're never satiated. Yeah, you Anything know. you want right now, you will get it one day if you yeah. work hard, and it won't be what you thought it was. You get an Oscar tomorrow, Steve, and you're like, I want two Oscars. <laughs> Give me an Emmy. <laughs> Give me an Emmy. I'm, I'm the guy who wants the Emmy. I, I want, want a, all of it. I want the Teen Choice. If I don't get that Teen <laughs> Give Choice... Give me that Teen Choice. Give me the Tiger Beat Award, yeah. whatever the fuck. Her interest in gambling inspired her other laundering schemes casinos and lottery winnings with a team she began laundering the jdo's drug money through the wind casino in las vegas remember those family trips they served as a dual purpose how do you launder money through a casino the tokens the dirty money is exchanged for tokens some of the tokens would be run through the slot machines she couldn't resist and then the tokens would be redeemed with a cashier for clean money she laundered approximately $3.3 million through the win between 2010 and 2012. Interesting fact, but I want to know her losses ratio. Now, you could, they could say that she laundered that, but I bet you she lost a million dollars, two million, three million dollars in the process, in the process of laundering clean money. So, I bet you 10 million dirty dollars. Is worth three million clean dollars. Something like that. Yeah, you're definitely correct about that. Because it's it's whatever three point three, whatever amount of money looks that looks believable based on what you're doing. I think that's what Uncle Sam. If you look like you're making too much money and you just own a nail salon, they're like, all right, something's wrong here. But if you try to figure out what the average nail salon makes profitably and go, let's keep it in that pocket. Yeah. Her secondary learning scheme was purchasing winning. Lotto tickets. Charmaine would approach lottery windows in the Orlando area and purchase the winning tickets with dirty money, then redeem the winning ticket for clean money. I see you, girl, getting creative with your reckoning. All right, Saul, Iowa, tacos, handmade <laughs> tortillas, 100%. Human trafficking, um, neighborhood watch, opening in other places. Yeah. What's next? Probably call it Tacos Narcos, something like that. Just Ooh, something on a little on the nose. Yep, really on the nose subtlety to it. Uh, yeah, it's a great name. Tacos Narcos. I, I think just really just the whole thing on the nose. It's just like Border Town Tacos. Tacos straight from Tijuana. It'd be fucking great. Or it could even be like uh, Mariscos Jaliscos we were talking about earlier, which is uh, a truck. Those people are from the same town that my grandma's from, San Juan de los Lagos. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to eat fucking ceviche in the middle of goddamn Iowa. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That was Iowa. Yeah. Landlocked state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very would like, landlocked. Would you like trout? <laughs> trout. Mm. Agua chiles? I don't think you can eat river fish raw. I wouldn't eat river fish raw. I did that before, and I threw up for two days. Uh, remember in a... Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was with you. Yeah, there. it wasn't in, uh, a good time. You were not having a good Montana. time. Montana. Woo, that was rough. God damn, I was puking a lot of fucking fish. But then again, what were you expecting? You were eating raw fish that you caught from a bucket. Yeah, it was, <laughs> with, no, it was, a, it was a beer can with a piece of string and a hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. dumbass fish in Montana would just fucking bite the hook. Dumb old fucking Montana fish. Yeah, like a weird little quarry. And they were quarry. like, take, take this, Steve, and then you got and sick. They blew my ass. 
up. I puked nonstop for a whole day. All right. So you, you're. What are you doing? How are you moving up? Let's go. How am I moving up? Uh, I'm continuing to move up by, and then this is probably my downfall. This is you start thinking bigger. That's when I start uh, getting into the local drug trade because I, I haven't done any drug trade, but I figure I have the manpower. I haven't, so I might, I might end up doing not necessarily. Uh, I guess this is why you would. The, it's probably coke isn't great everywhere you go. So like Iowa. If you were just the best cocaine guy in the world, you just always had the best cocaine. No, no, I, w- I would end up, I would end up just uh, having people accept the fact that you're in Iowa, you get bad cocaine, but there's a lot of it and it's cheap. So I would step on everything, everything would get stepped on at that point. So it'd be great tacos, terrible like mediocre drugs, but it's like tacos never get stepped on. Never get stepped they on. They never get stepped on. Yeah, but I'm selling stepped on cocaine. Okay. But see, that's I think that would be the downfall. And people in s- s- Iowa probably don't know what good cocaine even is. Exactly. So they're just like, yeah, this is just speed, but whatever, it's still fun. It's mostly speed. At least mine is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same with the tacos. It's a lot of speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tacos and narcos. What do you want from me? <laughs> okay, this is for me. I've accumulated a small fortune with my Japanese drug stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Esteban, CIA, compound fort with forts, international drug ring, Blackwater Mercenary, small fortune, and now I start buying weapons. Okay. Best of the best. 50 cal snipers. Highly trained sharpshooters. You just have these accessible out to you? Are you testing I'm part them? Of the, I'm part of the CIA. You tested them? Well, I'm getting these 50 cals maybe from the Middle East somewhere. Um, best of the best. 50 cal snipers. So I'm going to the Middle East. I'm going wherever I can. I'm getting sick-ass sharpshooters with sick-ass guns. And now I go on the offensive. I go to the nearest city next to me, and I take my 150 sharpshooters, and I go all over the city. I find, let them find their targets, let them take a day and a half, and then we get a phone call. Everyone at the same time assassinates them. <laughs> assassinated the top 30 powerful gang leaders in that town. So I've, dis- I've destroyed all the gangs, pretty much. And that's when I take over. Why do you need 150 of them? I'm, I'm, I'm taking over a country, dude. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ins- I'm gonna do some CIA shit where I then install my own operative and the government there, and we can now control and we de- re- hopefully restabilize Little El Salvador. Though probably we're gonna fuck it up because that's what an American does. Yeah. Well, if are you doing this? Because this sounds like some cartel shit. To be honest, what you're doing? I went bad, bro. I told you. You early. went bad. Yeah. You you, you I didn't uh, have a chance. You see what uh is it El Chapo did to that town? Are you going to do those lengths when they arrested what, what his son? What do you do that tell? Oh, the town that arrested El Chapo's son, he uh, he just got men with a bunch of his men in SUVs and military vehicles, got a bunch of uh, AK-47s and a bunch of just all sorts of, you know, fast caliber weapons. And uh, he stole a bunch of big rigs, and the big rigs he used to block off streets main streets and they set those big rigs on fire trapping cars in and he shot machine guns at the town and they couldn't escape because they were blocked off by on fire big rigs all the main so he just shot into the town until they released his son that'll teach you not to capture a son <laughs> Fuck. But to have that much power over a government you know is that you no <laughs> i'm small like uh Insurgent like uh, rebel camp. That's what I. Okay, you're for the people. 
You're not shooting at the people. I'm, no, I'm not. A, no, no, no. I'm not attacking people. Yeah. I'm attacking crime organizations. I'm going to take over the place. I mean, I, I might install a police state once I get into power, mm-hmm. but I'm taking it over because it's very turbulent. I hear down there. I'm killing all the bad guys. But this is just in this little town right now. 150 sharpshooters kills the top 150 gangsters in that town, assassinates them at the same time. So now I move in all my men. I uh, now got a hidden fort. I got a city as my first line of defense. And I'm now the city makes me money. You know, there's no gang violence. I'm starting to build a couple like schools and stuff. People are already liking me. You don't think it's a slippery slope? You don't think your underlings start to think that, oh, we're the gang now? Like but, they're, we're the... but I bought military guys. I feel like military guys are like inherently subordinate. Say you're mil- one of your military underlings, he's he like... Kill him. You, right away in front of everybody? Kill him. That's not uh, we're playing here, dog. Esteban! I'm giving you a lot of money. <laughs> okay. All right. I keep 125 men in the city. I take 25, my dirt bike, and now six machine guns that I keep in my back. And I go hide out to go brainstorm. Is it you just on a dirt bike? Or yes, do leading they all the have men. dirt bikes? They can have whatever they want, but I have a gold <laughs> dirt bike. <laughs> okay. I'm just I trying to get to the visual very here. Clear. I want to know if it's an army of dirt bikes and you got the best dirt bike. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. A hair-raising double life. I just want to shout out, a shout out to the picture we got right here. Um. Charmaine looks pretty funny. She has a blue haircut and then a blue. This is like a mall picture. She's got a blue hair. Her daughters look wonderful. Very cute. Very cute. She has like a blue hair, a gold chain, and a looks Playboy like a loving bunny. family. Yeah, but that's like a funny outfit to take in your outfit. family picture. Yeah, yeah. You're wearing a Playboy shirt. Yeah. In your family <laughs> picture with your two daughters. <laughs> She's like, let's go take this real quick. It's just something yeah. we did real quick. I mean, if someone was like, that chick sells weed, I would be like, yeah, she looks like she sells weed. She's wearing clearly wearing her best shirt. Yeah. This, at this Sears. Well, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird shirt to wear. It is a very weird shirt. It's wear like a dress or something. I don't know. I guess you can wear whatever you want, but I get to judge you before you wear it. A hair-raising double life. It is a hard to visualize a woman as the ringleader of gun-toting criminals. No, folks, this woman is not a Gemini. Didn't enjoy that, but, you know, it's her right to say that. She is, in fact, a cancer. But it's even more difficult to reconcile the two facets of her being. Charmaine was known to her daughters as a loving, caring mother, grandmother, an active member of the church, participating in events to feed the homeless and otherwise give back to the community. When we picture a doting grandmother, we picture baking cookies and knitting sweaters, not running millions of dollars through the automatic money counters and ordering hits. So I guess she's ordering hits now. I would like more on that than the... Whatever, but you know, can't do anything <laughs> about that this one time. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, how do you order a hit? You know, go murder that person. What is it over the phone through carrier pigeon? How do you do that? That's that's what I want to know. Like, how does she order the hits? Okay, great idea. Let's go into that. Um, I have a compound, so I'll just tell someone. Or I would probably do walkie-talkies, being that I'm in the middle of nowhere. In uh, here, I would probably. Well, the guy's working for me already. So then I would just have him meet me in a public place that I chose mm-hmm. so that there's no, it can't be any fucking uh, wiretaps or anything. Then I'd have one of my other guys, well, no, I'd, I'd probably just work the guy. I'd just be like, hey, go kill this fucking guy. Just come talk to me in person, though. Really? Straight up like that? Yeah, because he's like my guys. Yeah, your guys. I would go uh, very secretive about it. It would be a game of telephone, but 
it would be me telling someone to go deliver a message to someone else that's on a different property to a different burner phone with the specific instructions and it would never be me in the same room. It would never the words would never come out of my mouth. It'd be a lot of mob code talk. It'd be like the tortillas or Yeah. I or am like back in business. It, I, I just fantasize mob shit like that and them hiding their mouth against and I'm so I would also be probably extra paranoid. Even if no one's after me like any that that's what that's why I could never be a criminal. It's just because you always got to look over your back and it just mm-hmm. feels it's just like too much responsibility for maybe someone not looking after you. And then when you let your guard down, that's when they come at you. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, also, you're a good member of the community. Yeah. So you need to be secretive to keep everything 100%. going. 100%. So, yeah, definitely a lot of burner phones, a lot of yeah. messages upon messages. Me telling another person who tells another person who tells the person doing the deed. Yeah, I like that. You got to have a concierge or like they're second in charge. Yeah. Uh-huh. People don't talk to you. Someone who takes the fall for me when shit goes down is just like uh, ends up that person will be yeah. Like there's I pay them a lot of money, but it's like when shit goes down, it's like this person was behind it the whole time. But I don't know. That's exactly like uh, Vincent the Chin Gigante that we talked about. He had a guy that he would pretend was the head of the family, and then he would be like in the corner of the room and just pretending that he was mentally ill, like seriously mentally ill. That's some Kaiser Sose shit. Yeah, and he would like walk around and just play this whole little thing, and that's what he did. So that's yeah. pretty sure you you know you know you. you you don't have new ideas, but for never knowing them, they're good starting ideas on how to do be criminal with the gambling <laughs> and the being crazy or no one's talking to you. Yeah, it's smart. You might have a you might have. We got to link up, man. I'll see you from El Salvador. Esteban. Esteban. I got connects in Iowa. What's up, yeah. Esteban? According to her daughter, she was a great mother and grandmother. They admit that they were spoiled living in a very large two-story house with brand-name clothing and accessories, toys, and several vehicles. Charmaine frequently took her family on lavish vacations to destinations such as Hawaii, Puerto Rico, and Las Vegas. Saul, you already know about this one about you. Are you leading a double life? Or does your family in on it? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, it would be, At most, it would be the main hierarchy of my family so that most my uh my if i have a brother my brother and my wife that's it my kids maybe if they're old enough and if they want to continue the legacy of that is our double life if you want to keep living like this you got to be but you're more than welcome to go to college and be whatever you want to yes 100 percent. yeah so but if you want to be real sopranos ish you yeah. know so no no they'd it'd be real real tight really like you keep your circles real tight and then everybody else just knows you as this Good community member. Yeah, and your kids would be the one that would squeal too. Yeah, see, that's yeah. You'd have to, and it, like maybe a situation where your your daughter knows, but your son doesn't, because it's like I can't tell him, but I can tell her. She's next in line yeah. for the fortune, you know. I would, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. I would do the same thing, but I would have a. I'm gonna have married a sicko. This person is insane. <laughs> I'm gonna have two sicko little warlord kids, and I'm just gonna be a cancer for the fucking world. I will. Watch it burn under my feet. No, I would. Uh, my kids. I mean, I'm in the jungles of El Salvador, so I think everyone's gonna know. I don't think, and you know, I have guns all around me and and towers and um, walls, so they're gonna know. And we're gonna raise them like psychos, like little Spartans. Mm-hmm. Uh, jiu-jitsu classes and stuff, if they yep, want. Crazy jujitsu classes. I got fun reggae shows. I'm throwing every night to launder my money. It's pretty good. I'm living a pretty good life. Um, okay. 
Charmaine had accomplished her goal, herself and her children and grandson living high and wanting for nothing. She had come a long way from her paltry central village in Jamaica. She now owned a large, beautiful home in the Regency Hills neighborhood in Claremont, one of the most affluent suburbs outside of Orlando. Thus far, she had lived a double life, keeping the family life strictly separate from her business and illegal activities. Her daughters reported that they had no clue. They assumed her concert promotion business and lottery winnings funded the lifestyle. In BET interviews, Tia remarked, My mom's not really like that. Wives and mothers are often just seen like that. Wives and mothers. Society tends to forget that women have their own identities separate from wife and mother. Never turn the perspective to see the other fa facets. Charmaine Rowan could teach a master class on work-life separation and balance, which so many business owners and employees, male and female alike, struggle to achieve. Wow. I, would, I would agree that that was pretty badass. Yeah. Doubling the double life one seems really hard. But probably safer, I don't know. If you could if you are strong enough as a person to be okay with having that secret identity, never spilling it, never breaking, cuz I don't think I'd be able to do I I think I'd be like I think uh I I would, you know, somebody like, "Man, Esteban is so cool. Can you believe that Esteban? Like, or not Esteban, but this this person who uh, smuggled all the drugs and so cool. Whoever did that's cool. You're like, I did it. Esteban did it. Because he want to be, you yeah. want to be like, I'm Superman. You think that guy's cool? I got a fucking. I'm Superman. I got Chinese know? guys come. Why do I keep saying Chinese? I got <laughs> I got Taiwanese guys coming in with my flour. <laughs> it's just like I'll just go to the island over. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Like, just, uh, t Tony Insel things just been on my mind so much. Wives and mothers. Oh, I did that one. Good. We don't have to talk about that anymore. Leveling up. By the early 2000s, Charmaine Roman is a high-ranking in is a high-ranking member in the JDO. Cooking the books and protecting profits, she had experience and ideas. She was ripe for promotion, ready to increase the scales. Literally, she increased scale and traffic. And logic would logically require a bigger literal scale to weigh the pot. Right? Industrial size. Okay, we didn't enjoy that part. But, Saul, how are we leveling up? The city is P... Oh, that's what mine. What are you doing? How do we level up? Yeah, I get... Or we're staying the same. I think... I don't know. Here's the thing. Is, is, is in if For longevity's sake, I don't necessarily know of leveling up outside of the criminal organization. I would try to level up as far as the legality behind things. I would probably venture out like into that. buying properties... Maybe uh, increase uh, uh, my, like, become, like I said, run for small government. Because as soon as you run for small government, now you have more power in the legitimate sense, which gives you more power in the illegitimate sense. So as soon as you're the mayor or governor of something, now you have, now you went, you went from having um, your regular uh, henchmen, now you have the police as your henchmen. Yeah, technically. you have henchmen on both sides. On both sides. So and I you can say, change the rules to help either and, side. And any person can run for mayor. You just have to be liked and kind of. Do you uh, have to be a citizen? Hmm? Do you have to be a citizen? You do have to be a citizen. But, but You're I, rich. You could have probably bought your way into being a citizen. Or something so, like yeah. At that point, I probably have my green card and I Schwarzenegger it. I could never run for president. That's true. <laughs> can never run for president. But, you know, by this time, if I'd like to think that. <laughs> if, I think this is like 20 years in. So you're like 45, Oh, yeah, 50. yeah, 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 yeah. So We're you're like in. You've been yeah, giving I'm free in. food. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. And I, I'm I, since I'm in Iowa, I still get the conservative vote as one of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're probably keeping it pretty clean cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexican, a Mexican with a vest on in every town to shoe yeah. away homeless. That's got like be six of these. <laughs> 
You got those little night stalkers walking around. I don't around. know where they're coming from, yeah. but, you know, I like them. He's coming <laughs> out of that. There's just like a big chicken bucket in the back. Of the <laughs> my, um, so the city is a peaceful with my occupation. I immediately start building schools, giving out free food. People are mad and murder their gangbanging gr- grandchildren. But, you know, with the only one criminal organization in the city, things are tending to run smooth. I use my profits to buy more ex-military mercs. Now I got like a thousand guys. I got one city and a thousand guys. And I send ten groups of sixty to go take over cocaine factories and grow places. So now I have the manufacturing of a product and I can sell it so I don't have to buy it anymore. I then use uh, 10 snipers to go out and snipe high-level targets. Not too high, just high enough to cause a scramble for those underneath them. This whole thing takes place a week from now all at the same time again. No offense to your your fantasy here, but where are you getting a 1,000 ex-military mercs in El Salvador? I imagine it's a lot of guys with uh, like old <laughs> shirts with holes in them. They're all from Vietnam. Yeah. Like, Whoa, that's <laughs> it. Age limit. No, I think you, that's what these places are. <laughs> like Blackwater, <laughs> Halliburton, those places you can buy mercenary groups from like that. Okay, but you're you're expanding outside of El Salvador, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are American. Oh, they're... <laughs> oh, I didn't say that. You no, I don't want just tiny bunch of tiny little Salvadorans. You didn't say that at all. Oh, okay. Well, they can be that. They can be El Salvadorian, but I'm saying you're not yeah. going to get a thousand yeah. of them. Yeah, no, I'm no, not in saying this little village, no. I don't think there's a thousand ex mercs in like that in uh, you know legitimized yeah, in El I don't Salvador. Militaries look like I heard their shit's going buck wild right now. But yeah, I would do like yeah, let's I get them from like when they leave Halliburton or these other okay. places. Okay, I'd be like, I'll pay you another double. Yeah. So then that's why they got like they'll do anything, anything I want. I like it. I own South America. Um, so I use the highest the other snipers to snipe some guys, so it causes a bunch of problem. The bottom i'm now controlling most of the cocaine production i've shot a bunch of bad guys i'm now thinking i'm taking over else with all this control how how is do you have a lot of enemies like what what's the what's the opposition looking like here because there's no way there's not opposition there's no way there's not like the cartel would definitely you're the cartel is definitely going to be something that is competition here you know what i mean i think i'm being racist and just being like i don't know i can like a highly trained Military mm-hmm. beat cartel guys. I, I think so. I think what the cartel well, the cartel lacks, are now doing this too. No, what the cartel lacks in um, skills, they make up for Numbers? in mo- being monsters. Yeah. As far as uh, the willingness to uh, chop bodies up, the willingness to hang people from a bridge. I don't think the American the government. I think it touched my people. I'm in a high hills. Yeah, yeah, mountains and could and, and with uh, with like people watching me. Okay, I mean they start killing people, but do I really care about you killing people right now? Not that much. <laughs> I mean, this is evil Steve, evil CIA. Steve evil Steve Esteban. Esteban, yeah, it's not even me. It's Esteban. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm okay. going in to take over the government and input a CIA operative. So then we now control another place in South America. Fuck man, I think we're pretty good at making getting that dirty money. I think yeah, we yeah, just yeah. this comedy thing has not been going the same it's way. It's not it going is. the way at all. We would already had you already had six taco places bringing in fucking five hundred immigrants a year. You'd have like seventy or eighty El Salvadorian. Uh, oh man, I would have changed the economy there. Yeah. All right, Charmaine is now in control of a multi-million dollar operation. She has been promoted from CFO to CEO and CFO. 
It is time to really flex those business management skills. She has a lot of national and international suppliers can control of the flow of product. I do like how these guys, <laughs> their name is JDO, drug, Jamaican Drug Organization. They have like a CEO logistics. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Head of the company. Yeah, it's like they're going to go public on NASDAQ. <laughs> Somebody just brags. like, yeah, I just got out of college. What firm do you work for? JDO. <laughs> Where are you I've interning next summer? JDO. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> where are they lack? Where are they in New York? Uh, Orlando. <laughs> Random. Random. Weird. But it's All good. Right. It's big. A lot of uh, mm-hmm. logistics. <laughs> the marijuana was moved in multiple ways, but primarily through USPS and commercial centers such as FedEx <laughs> and etc. What they would do is they'd take the twenty to thirty pound packages for extra large loads. She would do an RV with secret compartments. The typical route was Mexico, Texas to Florida. These mules were undoubtedly also utilized to move lighter loads of practice of, of product. So, um, hypothetically, I used to do this as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You ship it out through the. Yeah. So you got to. You just need a stamp for that. Yeah, I need all the stamps. I mean, stamps. Need I mean a lot of stamps. the get, best stamps you got. Can I get the Pink Floyd stamps? <laughs> uh, what you do is you wrap the shit up. You uh, you can't touch any weed for like a day, and you can't smoke in that room. And then you bring weed in, and then you put it in a Ziploc, not a Ziploc bag, but the food processing bag. You suck out all the juice. You suck out of the air. Air. Yeah, air. Iron that down flat, and then you do it again, then I do it again, then I do it again. Then I wrap it up with tape, and then you put it in a, pla- you don't put it in a metal one, because that, that makes, it kind of just looks weirder. You put it in a plastic one, and you could really get good is you put it in bags of chips, and then use the food processor to seal the top. So that when they look in, it looks like bags of chips, kind of some weird shit. Then you got to put that in like a plastic bin just because what they do is they stick like a little uh, long um, needle in and then they pull it out and the dog can sniff a little hole. But if it goes in, it just hits plastic. Yeah. It can't go into the weed. So and you wrap it up and you don't put too much tape on the outside because you just make it look normal. Look at this. This is Esteban's first, uh, like, it's like how Wendy's trading video. You got a little, a little outside. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, boss. How do you? You put the chips again? I don't know. <laughs> step, can I back to step four? When you wrap it. Yeah, yeah. How many, what was the cheese or the chips one? <laughs> the chips. Does it matter what type of chips you use, boss? <laughs> it's like chicharrones would probably be a good one because that kind of looks a real like weed. Good one. Yeah. Chicharrones look like weed a little bit. Oh, it can help with the maybe a uh, uh, Esteban's chicharrones where you smuggle oh, yeah, in yeah. through chicharrones. Oh, chicharrones! <laughs> that'd be sick. Steve's chicharrones, Chihuahua. I work only out of the city of Chihuahua. I like it. Several warehouses were located around Orlando area to store product. One of the warehouses was also front operating as an auto repair detailing business and also as an illegal gambling setup for some extra entertainment and profits. The organization also had six stash houses in the air. Can't keep all your eggs in one basket, right? Here we go, bud. Let's think of some other fronts. What else are we doing front-wise? Well, front-wise... You want cash. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking old dilapidated building, man. Because then all the repairs, because you get an old dilapidated building, there's going to, with especially with termites, it's just, if aside from ter, like it like demolishing it, it's just it's something that always needs repairs. It's just something like all the pipes this week. You make your own construction company using your illegal, emig- <clears throat> illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. You charge yourself mm-hmm. too much so that you can write off that shit or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. And then you redo a whole place like that. Correct. Yeah. I like that. Or even start a landscaping company and then you could just fraudulently just show up to a place, not do the lawn or just or have do fake it. clients. Just do it. Just make it expensive as fuck. Yeah. 
there's so many ways to garner it, but I, I think the way I would do it is is uh, I don't know. I think I'd I'd flip houses, man. I think I'd be I'd, it'd be real estate. It'd be businesses because I'd either buy uh, an apartment building uh, that always needs to be repaired. Or I would uh, buy something that's clearly going to be a loss, and if it's a loss, uh, just write it off. You know what's good, man, is all the stuff you're doing. Like you're like, oh, I have this this taco shop. It has a nice gardener and all this kind of stuff. It's like you're making the town look really good. You know, your shit's always crispy because you're charging yourself so much to keep redoing it. Mm-hmm. So every time you put something in somewhere, it looks better. So the town's even liking you even more and more. Well, the issue with uh, with that is that as soon as the illegitimate business gets exposed, uh, the legitimate and the legitimate business falls. This happened to a bakery in my in my hometown, Stockton. There was this place called La La Amapola, and we were used to get fucking had really good bread, had really good tortillas, but then it got pinched by the cops as a cocaine front. In the Damn. back, they were selling cocaine. And uh, ever since then, it felt like that whole block was shut down because they shut the whole place down. They couldn't even. They oh, couldn't that was the only reason it. people were going over there. The, and- no, no, no. The, like the, the 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 legitimate business, the owner went to jail, and the legitimate business kind of. So that sucked because I had the tortilla, the, the fresh tortillas weren't there anymore. The oh, conchas weren't there. Easy to find. Too. Yeah. So the, the 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 amazing bread they had. All these people, uh, the the bakers. And the, the cashiers, they all lost their job. They had to go to different big... But see, like, it just sucks that that legitimate business suffers because the illegitimate business uh, got pinched. So it's That's like, why you man, can't get caught, fool. Yeah, it's just like, man, it sucks that you got caught because you guys had really good tortillas. And then... That, yeah, that's hard to find, too. And then it just... Businesses kept failing after that, though. At that, at that spot. It was like a different bakery. They just didn't do the tortillas the same. It's just like... Ah, I miss you, cocaine. If it means running cocaine in the back, but I get fresh tortillas... So let it be. I mean, if there were no criminals involved besides just being drug dealers, like no gangbangers, mm-hmm. a place that sells fresh tortillas and cocaine, mm-hmm. sign me up. <laughs> there has to be that a little. Sounds awesome. There has to be a little spice to your life, and I, I and I mean this to the day, and I just say that if the best line cooks are addicted to methamphetamines, <laughs> and I, and I mean that with everything I have in my heart, because the most line cooks that I know are the fastest, the most like the ones you could train the best are the ones hopped up on fucking junk. Because they. But how long do they last? I feel like that's a guy you. That's like a running back in the NFL that you make run like three hundred times a year. In these five years, runs. they yeah. clean up and then they go to a next another restaurant. Then just run it back. Yeah, they run it back. That same guy, the guy who was like the guy, he he ended up popping one of his eardrums for whatever reason, and instead of like getting it fixed, he put one of those made for TV uh, things in his ear that you hear from far away. I was like, this is such a meth head thing to do, dude. But then He's later like, I'm on, bionic now, man. I got, I'm a fucking. Droid. But then later on, he. He showed me his uh, chicken parmesan recipe. I'm like, I you need to be this for me to have this. Yeah, you know you're just I mean? like here. Here's some batteries, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me your ways. All right, Charmaine personally broke down and allocated the product shipments for her field techs distribution to the end consumer. So she was very hands on. Next, master class dispatching 101. The people in Charmaine's personal life, including her children, could not imagine her darker side. She was loving. She was charitable. She was half-hearted. But what does it take to lead an armed drug trafficking operation? An iron fist. Uh, and what does it do to be a woman and do that? Um, she was had to start fucking people up, dog. That's what she started doing. She started punishing 
uh, employees for poor performance. Pickpockets, off-toppers, and snitches were dealt with swiftly. They were murdered. Threats and violence are a means to an end. So that's what she was doing. She was getting very serious. Yeah, and then that's exactly what you're supposed to be like is is uh, like what the cartel is. Is 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 to the extremes that you can uh, you go into the nightmares inside of people's head and imagine what's the worst thing someone could do to me? And, yeah, and it's your friend. And it's like your just friend. look at around you. If you if you're willing to go the lengths of chopping up one of your cousins, putting him inside of a Chevy Tahoe, and then writing in blood, this is what happens to any rat. Because that's what the cartel's done. Yeah, and in also, their blood. And then your cousin. Was slightly worse than that, but also terrible. It's like the guy you had to kill to take his spot yeah. was murdering people and chopping off their feet and sending them to their families. So then yeah. now you're like, I got to do that. You're not gonna, No one ever becomes a drug dealer, or drug dealer maybe. No one ever becomes a cartel and is like, I'm going to be nicer than the last guy. Yeah, yeah, no. You, you become a cartel and like, I have to be willing to ship a head in yep. the post office. <laughs> How many stamps for that? How many stamps for a head? <laughs> in November 2000, what well, you do with a head, I've, shaved, I've actually sent one of those too. <laughs> Put an air pressure. <laughs> Boss, how you doing again? The head. Big head, little head. Oh, my God. In November 2009, three men forcibly entered Chairman Charmaine's home in the affluent Regency Hills neighborhood in Clermont. Her daughters were tied up, and Tia was choked. The assailants beat Charmaine's body bloody. The intruders looted the house, probably expecting to find several thousand dollars, but Charmaine was dope. Like I said, she didn't mix shit. They only found 60 bucks in a few TVs. Later, the suspects were identified. There were two of them. One of them was murdered that night. The murder is still unsolved. The other guy is incarcerated. Although no murders were directly linked to Charmaine, over the course of the years of observation of the JDO, many unsolved murders went on record. So, so she murdered them. She had them killed. Who knows if she did it? But she's. This is. I think she, this is where she's taking a little bit of a darker turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, luckily, that's all where it's at. We'll see where the fear is in like actual like she's evil. Obviously, she murdered them. She retaliated how she would have should have. But then like the ones that are like like I keep bringing up the cartel. It goes past the murder of just that person who hurt you. You go into the. We will not only kill you. But we will kill your mother, yeah. your father, your children. Everything that is related to your blood is dead because of what you've done. Like, that's where real evil is. It spreads out. Because you have to keep pushing it. Because the last guy was like, I'll kill your mother and father. And the yeah. guy behind him there was like, I'll kill your mother. And the other guy behind him there was like, I'll kill your girlfriend. Like, it's, like it's like Sicario it. when Benicio Del Toro kills the dude's kids in front of him. Before, oh, yeah, before he him. kills him. That that's, that's fucking savage. That, that movie's so cool. Yeah. So... We're about 50, well, you're, somehow you're older than me. I'm picturing you about 55 now, okay? <laughs> you've doubled down, you've got your family, they're in on mm-hmm. it, you've got older kids. Yep. You're switching good to good. What's left, what's left for you, man? Well, you got to soften up towards the end, because you got to make your penance with God. You've done so much evil with the intent of creating a good life for yourself and your family. Also, creating a legacy of uh, secret... Uh, evil, True. but uh, you know, outward. It just seems like you're a good guy. Uh, you soften up. You lean into the good. You 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 have your cake and eat it too. You never got caught. You know. You start to uh, uh, I guess pull pass away. on. 
pull yeah. away, pass on to the head. Hey, hey, this is you. I, I've got, I've made my money, and then just retire, with the hopes of like, someone doesn't clean you up. So if you, because if you pass it on, you no longer have any power. They're still like, all right, just in case you try to come back, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, but you know. You came in and you went to Iowa. I don't know how big the fucking cartel's fingerprints are oh, there. Oh man, that's Iowa. that's the thing that's is that good, you dude. come in to change the whole uh, environment that Iowa is because you're creating all these tacos, but you're also bringing the influx of drugs in. So don't think Iowa is just yeah. Like but you also got the guys anymore. walking around making sure people aren't bad. Yeah, like if all the homeless people had a place to live and they weren't on the street pissing and pooping and throwing stuff at us. Uh huh. I don't care. You know, like go do drugs in a fucking little hut. I don't give a shit. Yeah, please don't live in a an abandoned uh, RV. freezer. Yeah. There's a guy in an abandoned freezer by my house. He lives in the freezer like like it's a casket. Like he's a vampire. It's fucking wild. He's got <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the beginning of the end. The organization's activities were brought to the attention of the Orange County Police in 2006. The organization was very culturally tight-knit, consisting primarily of people of Jamaican descent which made it incredibly dangerous, life-threatening, and nearly impossible for the police to breach it. Charmaine examined her employees thoroughly before allowing entrance into the organization. The organization's activity continued for years despite police efforts to penetrate it. Charmaine was very calculated and careful, keeping clean. In 2011, the police opened investigations, was called Warehouse 13, which referred to the suspect base of operations or central hub of the organization. The operation had become large and concerning enough to warrant a cooperation among multiple police offices, like the Metropolitan Bureau of Investigation, which investigates high-profile drug trafficking operations and crimes. Hidden cameras were placed on telephones and power poles around the warehouse. Trackers were placed on suspect vehicles. Wiretaps were strategically placed to listen in on conversations, which provided the police with real-time intel on transit ports and deliveries. So, well, how are you going to make sure you're not getting caught by some of this well, shit? Well, you see, the thing is, is that that's the inevitable happens. You get caught with growth. Uh, the veil of, of being secretive is no longer there anymore. Or at least it's difficult to maintain. So I feel like if I'm going, to, if I'm content with being mediocrely successful and just keeping it tight knit, mm -hmm. that's the way, that's that's how I'm going to uh, have the longevity. Uh, but if I want to create something like, she has a fucking warehouse. Yes. It's a warehouse. If you're keeping everything in one space, maybe have. Like how people have grow houses, trap houses spread out. Well, I think she had a bunch. Like, she had a bunch, but I think she just was like her main one. You shouldn't have a main one. Yeah, you're right. Should every, all of them should be yeah. nothing. Yeah, there should be hubs. Okay, here's an idea. We're coming to an end. Not The podcast is probably a little bit longer, but our rain is coming to an end. Okay. We see it. Your son riding on you. Oh, Your wife died from cancer. No. Not. Your other, your other son went to a liberal college and hates you. Oh. You hear that you're going to be assassinated tomorrow. Do you take it? I'm, you're like 68, so you, have, you did pretty good. Yeah, you yeah, Take yeah. it on the chin. Do you run? Do you buckle down? Do you kill your son just so you can stay alive? Oh, if I know it's the end, I, I the end comes down to my terms. So my terms would be like my most trusted people, and then uh, like how I write down all my goals for the day would be taking everything that you just listed, taking care of those things, 
and with the knowing that I'm probably going to die in the process of one of these things, except for my son, you know. But uh, I guess I guess you I guess you got you got you got I'd kill my son. You would kill your son. Yeah, you have to. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, to. Wow. Love him. Interesting. Are you ratted. Rats a rat. A rat's a rat, whether it's from my blood or not. Wow, great, great episode that one. That was the end of fucking season three or something of our narcos thing. <laughs> you killing your son? <laughs> Bam. Me, um, I'm my shit's coming to an end. Uh, fuck. You kill your son? No, I'd kill myself. You'd kill yourself. Yeah. Respectable. But I don't have any siblings or anything, so I feel like if I have a son, I'd really fuck with him. And if I'm like just crazy Esteban running around on a fucking dirt bike, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, yeah. my son probably at some point is gonna want to kill me. Um, if it's shit's coming in, <sighs> I'll probably run again on a dirt bike, see where I could go, start again, maybe Chile or something, or try to go back up to Mexico, or I'll just blow my own head off like a Hitler thing. No, you'd fake your own death, and you'd end up in a cabin in Alaska. I like that, and then I do it all over again. But Live the Alaska. rest of your days, fucking some trailer tra- trash white chick. I've actually thought about. Remember when we went to? Yeah, you're like actually one of the only people I could talk about this. Remember when we went to Montana and yeah. we went up to that little weird little lake, that beautiful ass tiny lake up yeah, there. Yeah, the fish, the fish that gave you food poisoning. No, that was like a like a little quarry. We went up to like a lake and there was like a liquor store and a casino yes. on it. Yes, I remember. Yes. And those houses were like fifty grand. They're kind of shitty, but it was like right on a lake. And you had a casino down the street. I still, this day, I'm like, man, if that shit doesn't isn't crazy expensive now, I would wouldn't mind buying one of those and just Amazon priming all my shit. And then, you know, once a week I go get wasted at the little shitty little casino. But it's, it's fucking here's dope. the thing. Purpose is done. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. How old are you at this point? I mean, I don't know, man. I probably have, like, war crimes against me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come out of this one. Oh, no, no, you're not coming out of this one. The purpose is gone at this point. So so the only thing that you do is live the rest of your days doing drugs, having sex, and eating good food, or eating the food that's there. But that's, that's the rest of your days. The purpose of, like, your purpose before was to be this fucking warlord. But it's like, yeah. that's what I don't know. I I think blowing your brains out versus living every day just doing drugs. Yeah, are you doing that, or are you just go, or are you, like, trying to stay alive? Because... If it was me, like, hiding from people for the rest of my life, I lightweight would rather die. I don't think you're hiding. I think you don't necessarily have to hide for what you're doing. Like, if you just Amazon Prime everything, you're living within the means of that town you're in. You're just Steve. You know what I mean? You go to the same diner every day. But see, every night, I think I'd end up killing myself, but I'd OD on accident. You know, just because it's like, oh, might as well just do more. Might as well just do heroin. Might as well just... I think I'd kill myself, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You so so pretty much what you're saying is you kill yourself rather than live in Montana. No, I would actually want to live in Montana. <laughs> I would fuck with Montana, but I just don't. Th- I just don't want to have people over my shoulders. What I would do is once I saw tanks or shit coming up my mountain, yeah, I would run out front and blow myself up, my head off, because I, I like to blow like a vest full of bombs. That's on pretty it. cool. That's fucking sick. Or even the best way is a nuclear bomb. Riding a nuclear bomb onto a land. <laughs> just destroy El Salvador. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just blow up. Yeah, you go blow up El Salvador. Damn, that's, that's what Esteban did. Uh, it, well, I told y'all to leave me alone. Yeah. Somehow you blow up El Salvador, you look better than I do because I killed my own son. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'm a monster, but you <laughs> Yeah, people are like, well, Steve, you could have a beer with that guy. He didn't kill his own son. He murdered all of El Salvador. But, but his son wasn't there. <laughs> 
His son was in a different continent. Mm -hmm. All right. So at this point, the dominoes begin to fall. Several arrests were made, and suspects and other informants squealed like little piggies on the queen pen. Charmaine's name was dropped like little bombs out of the mouth of numerous minions. All right. Weird sentence. In July 2013, the Metropolitan Bureau of Investigation intercepted a large RV carrying approximately 300 pounds of marijuana. Three million dollars of lost product put her more put more than a just little hurt on Charmaine's supply line and more importantly her pocketbook. Yeah, that's a. I mean, is that though? She was three hundred pounds of weed. Is that a lot of weed? I feel like I know it's a lot of weed. Like in retrospect, obviously it's a lot of weed. But is it a lot of weed to someone like her? Three hundred pounds. I don't think three hundred pounds is three million dollars. It's more than that, right? Or is no, it? It's less. It's way less than that. Because if you're buying, if you're buying pounds by the ten. I mean, 10 packs. Worth you, it. Hold on. Let's take it back to 2013 prices. <laughs> that's <laughs> when I was selling right drugs, so I know exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know how much it was in Florida, but I also didn't have friends in Jamaica. Maybe it's missing a zero. Could it be 3,000 pounds? 3,000 is still... If you're buying that many pounds of marijuana, right, it goes lower and lower and lower. You buy a gram, that's the most expensive weed you can buy. You buy an eighth, a little bit less. Quarter, a little bit less. Ounce, a little bit less. Quarter pound. It goes to joint. Pound, From yeah. joint to most expensive thing you could buy. Yeah, joint's a shake, too. But yeah, yeah, yeah sure, whatever. Shake. Yeah, yeah. So if you're buying 300, you're probably getting pounds for 300 bucks? No, not $9,000 for 300. No, 90,000. Come on, do the drug math, Dave. 90,000. 90,000 for 300 pounds? Does Esteban still got it? Did Maybe you might be able to get that, especially if it's outdoor bammer ass weed. It's also matters. It matters is it indoor or are you smoking like outdoor? Because someone might give up three hundred pounds of weed. No, probably not. Probably well, either way, regardless of that. Okay, so she lost a she lost a shit ton of weed. Of regardless of how how, how the money. Uh, say you're in the process of that. If you lose that amount of money, do you think that would you would be irritated by it? Would that ruin you? No, or? not if I was laundering three million in Vegas. That's, That's not even true. that much money. So that would be not that big a hit. But the problem was this thing showed the police how much weed she was actually moving. <clears throat> okay. So it was a blip on the radar. Yeah. So she uh tries to clean her grubby fingers from it. She can't. Now the police are going into her, trying to see her schemes. They start pinpointing the wind, start looking at her businesses. That's when the MBI effectively just slashed the tires of her operation and she has nothing else to do. She gets arrested. With Mark Reed, Charmaine Brown and Mark Charmaine Roman and Mark Reed, um, they just look like normal ass people. For four years, Charmaine ran a tight ship, keeping her hands clean and her reputation untarnished. He's uh, on September thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Wiretaps revealed an impending large delivery. The MBI intercepted a four hundred pound crate and posed as a delivery company. And Charmaine made her final mistake. She went to she went in person with partner Mark Reed to retrieve the crate. So she tried to sell. She tried to. Uh, this is what they would do a lot when you're when you're sending these uh, weed packages. Is if they found out it was weed, they wouldn't throw it away. They'd say it was returned to sender. Oh, okay. So you would have to be like, did they return it back to me because they know it's drugs, or did they return it back to me because I might have fucked something up? And you're also like, is there gonna be? Uh, some sort of authority figure at the, po at the yes. post office when you do go pick up what got returned. Or do I give up this? You should take. Has that happened to you? 
Oh yeah. So have you? What would you do in the pro? Oh, you let it go. I was thinking, I'm go. assuming it's something that you wouldn't necessarily want to risk. Maybe not even use that post office I used. No, again. I would never do it again. I've never did that one again. Oh, okay. I had a pound that it happened to, or oh, in theory, someone I know did, and then it came back to them, and they never picked it up because that was stupid to try and do. But I mean, in the back of your head, you know, you're like, "Fuck, that's like it's a lot of money." A couple grand there, just sitting, and it could be for me. All business owners know the importance of delegation, delegating the least desirable, annoying, and most risky, and definitely the most potentially damning tasks to the under leagues. She didn't do, do that. We said that earlier. She always wanted to do stuff herself, which is why she was probably doing fine until she got caught. You know, when you do shit yourself, you can't get fu- it doesn't get fucked up. Soon after, the police raided the main warehouse where dozens of other conspirators, approximately three thousand pounds of marijuana. Several hundred thousand dollars in cash, 15 guns, and numerous vehicles were seized. This is a hell of a compound. This sounds like my compound, Esteban's compound. See, it, it, if you let yourself get to that point of being that compound, like, all right, you guys got me. I got all the things. Like, oh, I'm, I'm living like a drug dealer? Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> so if I had a drug dealer, I'd have 15 Toyota Corollas. You know what I mean? And they're just ones that you could just crash. But I imagine she's got, like, sick-ass cars. I mean, it's in, if it's over there, for sure. Like, in her compound. Charmaine spent four years in lockup before she was finally put on trial. On May 12, 2017, she was convicted of racketeering, trafficking cannabis, and conspiracy to traffic drugs. She was sentenced to six years in prison and four years' time served. Charmaine's lawyer filed for a political asylum in the hopes of avoiding deportation back to Jamaica. On March 6, 2019, at 47, Charmaine was released from prison but immediately taken into ICE custody. She had lived illegally in the United States for 30 years. Didn't get papers once. You think you would have tried to pay for that or something? Or maybe she's just like, they'll just deport me. But you still got to serve your time in the country that you did the crime in, though. Well, maybe she um, was like a ghost, you know? That that is that is that the is kind appealing. of that is that is kind of appealing that a little appealing. bit. If you have like your daughters take care, sign sign everything under your daughter's name and. Uh, yeah, that is kind of appealing. Okay, I see you, drug lady, drug warlord lady. Yeah, might have been pretty good. This woman had no priors on record with law enforcement. She was assumed to be an upstanding member of the community. She was just trying to live the good life and engage in risky business to achieve it. Her love of gambling must have incited choosing a high-risk, high-return strategy. She was able to keep herself squeaky clean for years, but in the end, in most businesses, especially high-profit businesses, even illicit operations and silent partner leader arrangements, things are there are strings, there are loose ends, and there are links back to you. Charmaine has now completed the vicious cycle from broke to rich to broke again, but something tells me this woman could start again like a phoenix from the ashes. As of January 8th, 2020, she was in ICE custody awaiting a judgment on deportation to Jamaica. And that's it. It's 2021, so I'm curious. If she's even done yet, probably not. No, yeah, okay, because maybe coronavirus messed everything up here? Oh, my God. Here's the thing. I respect this lady so much. I love her. Yeah, she's pretty great. She did everything I kind of would have done. I mean, you did it just with uh, tacos instead of dance parties. Yeah, I did it with. <laughs> yeah, I did it with that. But also, I in in my scenario, I didn't do it illegally. I I figured I'd need to. I like my my grandmother uh, got her papers eventually, and then uh, did the whole process of adult school to get your your green uh, your uh, citizenship. She got her citizenship at a at a, but that's that's the route I'd do. But to but see, so that way everything's legitimate on the forefront. That, but then like her way, 
it's also a very appealing way because it's like you said, you're a ghost. Ghost, ghost is fun. I like that. Um, man, that's a hard question. I keep leaning towards becoming a citizen, but ghost just seems. But it's another high risk, high reward. Is ghost, you know? If you're a citizen, I feel like it's a little easier if you get stopped by the police, any kind of stuff like that. But the ghost. Or you're anybody like to how the you're anybody if you pay enough, you can have be at any identity. You can hand police a thing that, with your face on it, but it, it's a legitimately someone else. But it's your face. They're like, oh hey, Greg. That's true. We're going ghost. We're ghosts oh, over here. Oh, you might as well ghost. Team ghost. Team Casper. If you're a millionaire with the capability of getting fake IDs, you're ghosting. You're ghosting. You got to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, we did it, buddy. Charmaine, Suzette, Roman. Good job. Thank oh, you. Bart burped right in your guys' ears. Um, if you guys want to see Saul, check him out on Instagram at what? At Saul Comedy. And if you know me, you probably know him because you guys should follow our show Punching Up on Instagram. It is a dark look at the world. And we laugh at it because it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I butchered that, but it's still Now you're going right into punching up mode. <laughs> you're punching up and you need to follow, like, and subscribe. All right, guys, if you like the podcast, uh, share it with your friends or don't. doesn't matter. But leave a... Maybe, maybe leave like a little comment somewhere. It takes me a lot of time to do this. I get some great guests. Thanks for coming on your show. Thanks for having me. Man. This thanks was for, fun. Thanks for your perspective, man. Of course. It was great. Great way to do it. Hopefully I didn't talk over you too much. See you guys around. Follow us. I will. Bye.